Welcome to the Spectrum of Health podcast. I'm Dr. Christine Schaffner, and today my guest is Eric Galupo, and we're going to be talking about L-Sake and the sinus microbiome. Eric Galupo is an entrepreneur with recent focus on health and wellness. He is the co-founder of the company Lanto Health, which specializes in sinus health. I hope you enjoy this podcast all about the sinus microbiome. Welcome, Eric. It's really an honor to have you. Thank you for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure being here. Oh, well, I came across you and your work and your company when I was actually creating a lung cleanse for my community last year. And I have treated many people's sinuses over the years and many people's respiratory tracts. And we're always looking at, you know, how do we really um, heal the sinuses and the nasal cavity and support all the things that the sinuses do for us. And I came across your company that really focused on the research around this one specific strain of uh, probiotic, uh, lactobacillus sacchae, and how it had all of these wonderful effects for the sinuses. So I know we're going to learn a lot about that today, um, but before we dive into that, I always love to hear my guest story and how you really came to find out about this um, microbe and its relation to the sinus and you know how you were started on your journey. Yeah, for sure. It all really started when I was four years old. And unfortunately, uh, my parents moved into a house and when I was four with my brother. And within a year, we started getting sinus infections. We were very healthy, you know, a very healthy family. Like my parents were ahead of the times when it came to organic, just to paint that picture. And we would get a cold like everyone else at school. And instead of beating it in one to two days, I would get a sinus infection for two or three weeks. It just became a chronic sinus problem, which lasted about, you know, over 20 years. So it all started when it was four, we moved to this house and we were going to all these doctors and they couldn't figure out what was wrong with us, why was it happening? And they thought it was probably something in the environment, but we couldn't really figure out what it was. You know, it was very hard to, to solve. And lo and behold, after 10 years, the central AC unit died and they went and they took it apart and there was gray mold just everywhere, like cotton candy, they said. That's like a common mold. Luckily, it wasn't like a more toxic mold, but living with just breathing this in for 10 years really destroyed our sinus microbiome. And when we, when we found out, we, we of course, removed the, the central AC unit but the damage was really done. And that was how we became, you know, a family that had chronic sinus issues. And we tried everything. So, you know, in that 20 year time, we chewed beeswax, we did like steam inhalation, we did, you know, uh, all sorts of antibiotics, we'd have to rotate, so we wouldn't become antibiotic resistant. And we did flow nays, like the nasal steroids, and like, uh, all the dietary changes, like we did, like, you know, no milk and this and that, we tried it all and nothing worked. And it was just extremely depressing. Like, you know, when I was in school, like this, I was like in elementary school, high school, you're around people who are constantly getting sick. So every time I get sick, it'd be three, you know, a month of antibiotics. It was just this horrible cycle. I ended up getting the balloon sinoplasty. I fixed a deviated septum. My brother, you know, our whole family went through this and we were extremely fortunate that we didn't get the FESS surgery, which is like the functional endoscopic sinus surgery. We just heard so many bad stories about it, like empty nose syndrome and this and that. And it wasn't really the solution. It was more like a short-term fix, you know, 
And we were very fortunate that we didn't get it. And that was really slated for me next. It was like the next thing. They were like, you're, you know, that's what you need. And I was kind of believing it at that point because nothing worked. You know, what, what else can you do? And, and around this time, it was about 2012, this research paper came out. Um, it was a team of scientists led by a, a researcher, Abru. And what, what they discovered was that people who have chronic sinus infections are missing some bacteria and people who, who have healthy sinuses, they have like this, they have a good balance of all these different sorts of bacteria. And this research, they found this because they were just taking swabs of everyone who's doing anything with a sinus related surgery. So it was a deviated septum and someone with chronic sinusitis. So they were able to get this really great research. You know, they can really look at the data and they were able to say like, wow, this lactobacillus saki is really in people, it's missing in people with chronic sinus infections. And, and they did some testing on mice and this and that. And, and our family was like, oh my goodness, like this is, this is amazing. We did not know where to find this. So we read this article, like this is not for sale. Like this is just some article. We were like, we, we have to try. How do we get it? And then we looked and we looked and that led us down the road of fermented cabbage, kimchi. It creates lactobacillus sake naturally. In sauerkraut, you can find some, but this kimchi was like, it's there. So we said, all right, like, let's go buy kimchi and, and put it in our nose. <laughs> it's, it sounds insane. And we were very desperate. I mean, desperation led us down this road. So here we are taking some kimchi juice, vegan kimchi juice. We didn't want seafood in it because we figured that would have extra bacteria. We dipped it into our nose and within 24 hours, we would feel better. Like that first time and we're like, oh my God, like, and it was kind of nerve wracking putting kimchi in your nose. Like, it's just really not like, it's not nice. It's not, it's like, I wouldn't suggest it to anyone. <laughs> it's like disgusting to <laughs> be completely honest. So here we are, I put kimchi juice in my nose and I'm feeling better. And this is like after 20 years of, you know, dead ends and antibiotics and doctors saying like, there's nothing, you know, you need surgery and and we were just kind of like blown away. And we did the kimchi, you know, off and on for a couple of weeks and the, the sinus infection went away on its own. And we were like completely blown away. And that was the last time I used antibiotics. Like I, I was like, I used antibiotics like six months out of the year. And then I never needed antibiotics again. Like luckily it really changed my life. You know, this research changed my life. And that's kind of how we ended up well, ultimately, we have now lanthosinus, which is a, an, an easier way, a better way of getting, you know, this pure lactobacillus sake. And uh, so it's been quite a journey getting here. But in this whole thing, like before, you know, it became a product, we put it out there. We just put it out there and say, like, this is what we did. Check it out. Like, this is insane. And people started answering us saying, oh, we, we've done this too now. Like, we tried it and it worked. And like, wow, it's not just some fluke of our family, this bigger picture where it's like people who were really suffering, like we were with chronic sinus infections, all of a sudden, people we've never met before all over the world were saying, hey, that, like this kimchi thing, you know, kind of, you know, worked for us too. And, and we were just amazed, you know, as a family, it was amazing. I mean, it changed my life, started changing some other people's lives. And that's kind of the start. And what we realized, like no one wanted to put kimchi in their nose. <laughs> And that was like the first thing. And then the second thing is as the kimchi ferments, the El Saki may like burn itself out almost, you know? So we wound up going to the store and buying like all these bottles of kimchi and like 
putting the date of when we purchased it because we wanted to try to capture that El Saki in these jars. And it was just, it wasn't easy by any means, but it worked. And it also, the kimchi was actually, so it had many bacteria. So it was actually, it was pretty good. You know, when it worked, it worked really well. So that, so it was just this amazing kind of journey finding it. And then ultimately we're like, wow, this, this could help a lot of people. Let's see if we can make it into something that we can sell other than jar of kimchi. We teamed up with some like really fantastic scientists, like essentially scientists. And we were able to create like this lactobacillus sake from a strain that's derived from kimchi. You know, our product is from South Korea. They're just really great, like ahead of ahead of you know, the United States, I would say, with some of this stuff. So we were really able to get exactly what started us down this path in the first place. And so that's kind of how it all started. We were just kind of put together, we put it out there, and we've had like a really great reaction from a lot of people who were suffering from the same thing we were. So it's been it's been wonderful. Yeah, what a journey, right? And how serendipitous that you found that research article that led to your healing and recovery. And you know, you're you're not alone. And um, a lot of my patients who I see have the similar story where, you know, they've been in a moldy home. You know, many things could go wrong. You know, but of course, the sinuses take a big hit. You know, when you've been in a moldy environment. And so, you know, this obviously being a really elegant strategy. I mean, right, the more that we learn about the microbiome, it's always, you know, we we have such a language in our society, right, about antibiotics or anti this or kill that or kill this, but it's really the, you know, having the right balance so that, you know, there is the right balance of, you know, microbes so that none of the opportunistic or pathogenic ones can you know, thrive in that environment. So this is a unique journey. And so I guess maybe taking a step back so people, you know, her listening could be in all sorts of different pieces of their education, but some people might even be thinking like, oh, wow, like I even have a sinus microbiome. So can you just educate us on what you know about the sinus microbiome at this point in time? Sure. No, absolutely. So like the sinus microbiome, is really fascinating. And, and like, they even take it step back a little further. So everyone has a human microbiome, which is essentially composed of bacteria, viruses, and uh, fungi. And we're covered in it. Our whole bodies are covered in it. And there are about 37 trillion cells in our body. That's an estimate. And then they're, they're estimating that there's 100 trillion bacteria cells. So just painting this picture, we're literally just covered in bacteria, viruses, and we are just starting to understand how these microbiomes really affect us and how important they are. And our sinuses have a sinus microbiome, which is bacteria, uh, viruses, and fungi, uh, fungi as well. And through like genetic testing, which really was fairly new, like I think the, the study in 2012 I was referring to, they used it there, you know, that was really new for them. You can really look at how everyone has a different kind of makeup of bacteria and everyone's kind of, everyone's unique. Everyone's a unique microbiome, but there are some staples that we think are, you know, healthy people have this and unhealthy people are maybe missing something. And the healthier people are, the more diverse of all these things they have. So it's really more, it seems better, but it's, but the healthy microbiomes are balanced. So that's really the key in all of this is, is finding a, a good balance. Lactobacillus sake in this when it pertains to the sinus microbiome is cons- but the research is showing it's like a keystone bacteria. So it really does a good job 
of balancing some of the pathogenic bacteria. So it's also like anti-inflammation and some, some of these really great qualities that help kind of balance it all out. So that, that's kind of the, uh, the sinus microbiome. And what's really fascinating is that people who have really healthy sinus microbiomes have like bad quote unquote bacteria. It's all there. There's a nice balance. So it's all level and check. And kind of what you're talking about before, like the thinking has really evolved, especially in these last few years, we used to say, oh, bad is all, every bacteria are germs. They should be killed. Antibiotics, it just kills everything. Antibiotics does a good job sometimes, but it also kills everything. Mm-hmm. So you're really looking at it of a, like, you know, in my opinion, you know, a shorter term solution, getting a really strong microbiome is like a, is a long-term solution, you know, something, and then that could also help you stay healthy, you know, and that's kind of the power of having a good sinus microbiome is that it'll help once you get it like balanced and, and healthy, it'll, it'll, yeah, it'll just continue to help you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great description. And I'm always amazed to write that, you know, we are more microbes than human cells, you know, even, you know, what they're learning about, not only the microbiome, but like this virome, we have all, you know, these hundreds of trillions of viruses, we have a fungal microbiome. So it's just, it puts everything in perspective, right, when we think about that. And um, you know, diversity and balance is key. And so, you know, just breaking down your story a little bit, because I know a lot of people can relate, you know, when you had these chronic sinus issues, was there a certain bacteria that was often cultured or was it just kind of the green mucus and the symptoms? What were you, what were your chronic symptoms? Yeah, I think, man, we did so many cultures. It almost was like, yeah. It almost didn't matter. It it sat, it was like really, you know, really sad to think that way, but it was almost like we go in, get another culture, and we would just rotate through all these antibiotics. But I think it really was um staph uh, aureus, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like was the common, you know, now thinking back. And but we we had the symptoms, I think sinus infections, just the symptoms are just they just drain the life out of you, you know. So the the they, the symptoms we had were just constant yellow, you know, yellow mucus, the, the sinus headaches, it was all of it. And the sinus headaches just really bring you down. You know, it's just, it's just hard to explain. They really just shut you down. So it was just, when you saw the yellow mucus, you're like, oh boy, here we, here we go again. That was, mm-hmm. that was the sign. And what were you often prescribed? Were you prescribed oral antibiotics, like nasal sprays? And what kind of was a typical, I mean, it sounds like you also did Flonase and steroids and you know, all sorts of things. I'm, I'm just, you know, relating to people out there, you know, who are thinking, okay, you know, they've been on these antibiotics, like, oh, wow, like a bacteria can shift, every, you know, like a healthy microbe can shift all of this. We mostly did oral antibiotics. Mm. And we definitely just rotated through like the different families of antibiotics. And it was got pretty bad. Like, I mean, we would, we would be on it for like, you know, between two and four weeks. Mm-hmm. And that was like too long, you know, it's really, it's like really unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it would just, the infection just would not go away. Mm-hmm. And that was just, it was really, it got, it got kind of scary because at a certain point, if antibiotics stop working, you know, what, what do you do? Mm-hmm. You know, you know, like what really did help was like the, the saline rinse. I have to say like, out of all the things we tried, that was the best short-term relief that like, the, like, you know, the saline with the salt water that, that really did help the most. But again, like, through my journey, we like wanted to stop using that too, you know, and like, why do some people never have to use saline? And, 
you know, in our state, why were we doing it twice a day? And so eventually we did, we were able to stop doing that, which was great. But, you know, that was just part of the the daily routine, which Mm -hmm. just never ended. Right. Yeah. That extra step, right. This kimchi, you know, sinus rinse, which uh, I always admire my patients and people who've gone through a lot of, you know, their own health journey, because right, you're, you're desperate, you're try anything, right. You know, from putting, you know, uh, kimchi up your nose, but thank goodness it was very helpful. And so you, you know, found obviously that this was very helpful and then have sourced, you know, through your own company, um, Lanto, that you've sourced a purified kind of form of lactobacillus sasaki. And so how do you, how do you um, guide people into working with this? And I, I'm curious, you know, some of the anecdotes you've seen over the years with this product. When we talk to people, we, we do have to say that uh, our product really works well when you have a bacterial sinus infection. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important to know too, because even sometimes if you are very allergic to some, something in your environment, it's important to figure that out too. I mean, that's part of it. It's just understanding what what is causing these problems. But what we wind up slowly evolving how we were using this Elsaki. So originally it was the kimchi dabbing in the nose, and then we've gone through different steps. But basically now we're saying, you know, you dab with a, a Q-tip in your nose just to get it up there, and then you can also like uh, swish it in your mouth and then swallow it. Your, your sinuses, your no, everything's connected. So there's just different degrees of getting it up there. And mm. when you put it in your nose, it's definitely the strongest way of taking it. And that's not always the necessarily the best. I think a lot of times people are confused with like Mac, like, like I think people want Max. Typically people say, oh, you say once a day, can I take it three times for three? Like, you know, we tell people, no, 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 like less is more with probiotics. Mm-hmm. In our probiotic and all probiotics, we really feel that way. Even like gut probiotics, I feel like oh, people tend to overuse gut probiotics, mm-hmm. which do have their place for sure. But the idea is, you know, you don't want too much Elsaki or mm-hmm. you just want enough to balance it. We have been, you know, just saying, you know, use it for five days, mm-hmm. just and then stop and then just see how you feel like in the coming week because rebalancing a sinus microbiome just takes time. Mm-hmm. And the, as we evolve, we're parting, part of a few research studies now, and we're really trying to develop more research in this, in this field because there's really not that much. It's, mm-hmm. it's all starting to happen. Like we're pushing some stuff and then like we see others are doing it. So it's just really fantastic. But, you know, the way some others use it, they even put it in a saline rinse and do it that way. That is like a more potent, but that's like, mm-hmm. you know, how one research is going to try it. And we're really excited to see how it's going to evolve from, from here. And I, mm-hmm. and I think the next step is going to be adding more strains of bacteria. Mm-hmm. I think it'll just be constantly building on this lactobacillus sake keystone sort of bacteria and then just building on to it. Mm-hmm. So as all these things evolve, we'll probably evolve the way we suggest using it. But we always tell people less is more. Mm-hmm. I think that's like a general rule we like to go with. And, you know, things take time. There's, there's no like instant cure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, and that's kind of, kind of a good starting off point. And then like, when we tell people when you're using probiotics, you can also think about, you know, what else are you using the probiotic with? There's a lot of products that are like antimicrobial 
that are naturally antimicrobial. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we tell people that it's like, you, you may not want to use both at the same time mm-hmm. because you want the L-Saki or any probiotic you're using to thrive. Antibiotics, these, you know, natural kind of antibacterials, whatever, they do hurt the process. So it's good to like, look at what you're doing. You know, maybe like the less is more probiotics. I think less is more sometimes with like what you're putting in your body too. give mm-hmm. things a chance to kind of rebalance um, mm-hmm. is, has been, has been a helpful thing we've, we've done and we've been telling others to do. And I think it's been pretty helpful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, that helps. I've been um, using your products with uh, your product with, um, you know, a handful of patients and playing around with it. And you've given me some clinical pearls to think about because yeah, I think as you said, like pulsing can be really helpful. I haven't had them just straight put it in the nose yet. And that, um, you know, that could be another, you know, way to try the saline rinses are powerful. I've gotten, you know, feedback of how, you know, that can be, you know, definitely a, a powerful way to intake the product. I like the idea of repopulating. And then if you're using antimicrobial or antifungal strategies, doing them at different times, we'll use a lot of natural, like either propolis or different herbal combinations to help, you know, if there is, sometimes you have to get the load down while you're rebuilding the new environment um, is, you know, something I've learned over the years. Those are some great strategies. And then you mentioned, you know, swallowing it, which was interesting because, or even like, um, I don't even know, like a mouth rinse, um, you know, maybe starting at the oral microbiome. Have you found a role with Al-Saki in the oral microbiome yet? You know, not, it's, it's all kind of connected, but I don't, yeah. like they do know there's Al-Saki, I think, in the gut. Yeah. And um, there's also, Al-Saki has a lot of, there's a research that came out about eczema oh. and Al-Saki was good for the skin. So like with the swallowing, it's just, it's all kind of connected and just helps it get up there. It's just, yeah. It just, yeah. it, it just gets up and it's just like, you know, it has all these additional benefits, like benefits, it's just like, you know, you might as well just get the most out of it is mm-hmm. uh, kind of how that came out. Yeah. 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 And then as you mentioned, probably the people who are choosing this product and you yourself, probably when you're taking all those oral antibiotics over the air, right, the gut microbiome, right, is becomes imbalanced as well. Did you find you had to do also other strategies because of the persistent antibiotic use over the years to rebuild your gut microbiome or did you feel this was you know part of that journey of healing you know i mean the my gut is probably still messed up you know i'm you know to be completely honest um you know for sure you know it's it's been over 10 years and it's i'm sure it's like directly linked to that Mm -hmm. but i've been using um yeah, uh, <laughs> next I mean, the, you've healed your sinuses, <laughs> now you're good, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I feel like I was like kefir or kefir, mm-hmm. I think it's, yeah. it is like, I was taking that, you know, for a while and that, that's been fantastic. And there's like, you know, it's in your, you know, locally source in your store, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But people do ask, you know, what other, and that's always my go-to. And I think that, that has, that has been great. And I can definitely say like for gut stuff, I would, that that really made a difference for myself, for sure. Mm -hmm. It just, it's so full of all sorts of probiotics and Mm -hmm. it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. I know again, um, you know, repopulating, you know, the imbalanced microflora with, you know, food-based products. Cause you know, as you've isolated Elsaki, you know, we, you know, we're still learning right about the microbiome and there's so many microbes that 
you know, work in community to, you know, heal not only our sinuses, but our gut. And we're discovering all these microbiomes right in the body. We know our skin has a microbiome, the lungs have a microbiome, our brain even has a microbiome, obviously the sinuses. So, um, no, I, I feel like this is, you know, part of the future, the paradigm shift in medicine. So Eric, when you think about, you know, what you've learned and, you know, what you're, you know, I'm sure you get a lot of stories every day of, you know, how people are interacting, you know, with this product. I mean, what, you know, from your perspective, what do you feel is, you know, the future direction for, you know, sinus health and also looking at this microbiome medicine um, as you reflect on your journey? I think it's extremely exciting. I think there's hopefully in the near future, there's going to be a nice shift away from, you know, the old school of thinking of antibiotics for everything, you know, and when we look at like this little example, you know, ours is, you know, one thing, you know, sinus infections, there's so many, I think it's like, this is the tip, tip of the spear going into this. We've seen research with like skin, we're talking about skin and uh, acne and eczema, that's definitely um, happening with probiotics. Uh, there's like fecal transplants yep. and all like, and then even like uh, there's some research about cancers, some things. So they're like, they're really looking at this and saying, wow, like, I think this really has, I really think it's going to be a big part of our, our future when it comes to, you know, treat, treating, you know, everyone of all these different, different elements. I mean, there's, there's bacteria everywhere. And mm-hmm. it's just like, we know so little compared to, you know, some other stuff. So it's like just learning it and taking it in. And then I think it's like a very, very, it will have a very big impact in the near future. And, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very excited. And I always hear like, like the, the kefir and, you know, even like different vitamins doing different things. Like I had dry eyes and I took like these, this fish oil, like, I don't know, there's like, there's all these things that just, there's natural ways of solving things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think it will, it's going to be wonderful. Um, just kind of, you know, instead of taking antibiotics for everything, there'll be another solution that's natural that's already in your body and you just mm-hmm. have to re, you know, rebalance something. I think that's a, it's going to be a fantastic, fantastic, mm-hmm. uh, future ahead of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think it's really exciting. And I think it, you know, the conversation of thinking of our body as like this ecosystem of microbes, right. It, I think it, connects us also, you know, to looking at that connection, you know, with the soil and the, you know, the um, agricultural practices and as you said, the natural products and, you know, all of that. So I think it's a really important lens because there's a lot of healing that needs to happen with our own, you know, inner, you know, soil. And then also, you know, how that can also translate to looking at it from, you know, regenerating the soil and our agricultural practices, because I think they're intimately, you know, tied, you know, together. And so I think the more awareness we bring to this conversation, the more people can see that connection as well. So I, I, I agree. I think that's a really exciting area to research. And I think, you know, you shared with me before you got on that you have a three month old and my daughter is about to be three. And, you know, when you look at, you know, our children's health, right. You know, I think um, having that lens and perspective of like, how do we cultivate that they have a diverse microbiome and that they enjoy the health of that, you know, from a young age, because there's so many things to you know, keep them from developing that. So <laughs> I, I don't know if you're having any reflections of that. I know that you're probably one day at a time now, but it, it all starts from, you know, the moment we're born. I really have thought about it. You know, my, uh, my wife's a midwife. Hello. So we, we went into this 
with a very like midwife kind of mindset, you know, trying to do everything natural and talking about the impact of breastfeeding and, you know, vaginal delivery and children get exposed to, you know, this, the vaginal delivery, like right off the bat. Like, so it's like all this bacteria that like kind of sets them off. It's like, it's, it's everywhere and it's definitely changing the way I see it. And I think like eating really healthy foods is like, you know, right there in the forefront of everything. So now I got thinking like, how do I live longer? You know, for my son, how do we make sure he's healthy? My wife and just like, all right, like a lot of you eat, if you can eat like organic fruits and vegetables and, you know, think about what you're eating, like that could really uh, help you. You know, there's, there's a lot of fantastic, you know, bacteria and all over, you know, the the things we eat that, Mm -hmm. that help us. But, you know, so an apple from like the whole, the seeds and everything, not that you would eat the seeds, but the whole thing has about a hundred million bacteria. When you eat that, it's just all good for your gut. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, that apple a day really like does help you, you know, mm-hmm. and even our product is found naturally in kimchi, you know, it's like, so you, if you think about what you eat and mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of benefits to that too, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, you're, your son is lucky to have you and your wife, you know, to lead the way um, for his microbiome. <laughs> um, and I guess if people want to get started with your product and, you know, find out more about any other information that you have, where, where do they find you? We're at lantohealth.com. We have, you know, a lot of, we, we like to post new things about the sinus microbiome, you know, uh, and we just try to stay up on the new information and try to, you know, educate and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we will have that information in the show notes and I've been really excited to explore using Lanto with more and more of my patients and yeah, it's, it's been a great tool and I've, yeah, have some clinical pearls uh, to take away from uh, this conversation that I'll be, you know, practicing and implementing on Monday. So uh, with my patients, so thank you. Thank you for your time and um, sharing your story and yeah, just educating us in the power of not only Lanto, but the, you know, the microbiome. So thank you. Thank you for being on the podcast, Eric. No, thank you for having me. It's been fantastic. Thank you for listening to the Spectrum of Health podcast. I hope you enjoyed my conversation today with Eric Lupo. If you've been enjoying these podcasts, I would so appreciate a review on iTunes. And if you have a suggestion or a question, please don't ever hesitate to reach out to info at drchristineshopner.com. Have a beautiful day. 